For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Shalene Johnson, and we're going to explore the how and the why of Facebook Live. In particular, we're going to start with why Facebook Live is a path to success for creators. If you want to develop an audience and you feel like possible the possibility of going live on Facebook could help you, or you're scared to death of going live on Facebook, but you might think there's something there. Well, guess what? Definitely the first part of this show you're going to want to listen to. And the second part of this show is absolutely amazing. Shalene breaks down the entire process of how she prepares for her live shows, what she does after the show is over with, and it's absolutely shocking and cool. She takes the videos from her live show and uses it to produce literally all of her content and in innovative ways that I've never heard before. You're going to absolutely want to hear this, even if you already are into live video. What she does with her videos just is shockingly cool. If you want to reach out to me, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Let's now transition over to that interview with Shalene Johnson. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. This week, I'm excited to be joined by Shalene Johnson. If you don't know who Shalene is, she is a lifestyle expert. She's author of the book, Push. And she's also the host of two very popular podcasts. Her business podcast is called Build Your Tribe. And her health podcast is called The Shalene Show. And she's super active on Facebook with more than a million fans. And she also regularly uses Facebook Live. Shalene, welcome back to the show. Well, it is such an honor. Thank you so much. I think this is your second time with just you and me, but your third time total on the show. So that's su super cool for you to come back. Now, um, I'm a big fan and I'm honored to be here again. Thank well, you. Well, thank you. So today, Shalene and I are going to explore how she uses Facebook Live, what she does after the show is over with, and you're going to learn some really amazing things because Shalene doesn't ever do anything cookie cutter. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I, and I'm super excited that she's here to share. So um, let's start with a little bit of your story, Shalene. Tell me how you got into Facebook Live. Let's just start. You know, what was your first experience, and what got you into this whole doing live stuff? Yeah. Well, I. Unlike, I know a lot of people fear going live on video, um, and so that's why I'm so happy to be here to talk to people about how much easier it is than they think. I, I on the other hand, love going live. I do better um, when it's just me off the cuff. It's my honest opinion. It's raw. It's real. Um, I'm, you know, I can read a teleprompter, but I'm. Ah, it's like always written in such a way that it's like that's not how I speak. So for me, live video is just it's simple. It's easy. There's nothing contrived about it. It's, um, less produced. And so, you know when- what, Shalene, before you go into your, this story, let's back up for a second. Cause some people sure. may not know who you are. Okay. Talk about your experience with television. Cause I think, you know, you're, you're coming at this from a unique perspective actually. Yeah. I, well, I think probably most people, uh, if they know my name, they associate it with fitness. Although I have, uh, you know, done lots of different businesses before fitness, the business that gained the most notoriety for me. I just have always been the kind of person who, if I'm going to struggle with something and figure out a solution, I'm going to share my answers. So like going through, putting myself through college, I um, would sell cars. I'd flip used cars. And that was a really cumbersome, difficult, inconvenient process if you've ever sold a vehicle private owner. And, but yet it was how I was making my income. So I developed a, an idea to have a car lot that was kind of like a consignment car lot where you could sell your own vehicle, private owner to other private owners. And that was like one of my first businesses where I just think of my businesses as sharing my answers, whatever I've just figured out, I'm going to share my answers. And that's kind of how I stumbled into fitness. It wasn't my degree. It wasn't my um, you know, like I'm going to be a fitness instructor. I just enjoyed teaching fitness to help keep me fit. And I developed kind of a, a way of helping people connect with fitness. that didn't feel like punishment. And having done that for so many years. And what was and, that brand and, that you helped develop for folks that might know the brand, but maybe not you? Sure. Well, initially I created a, a program that was just for fitness instructors, just instructors. And they would teach it in health clubs all across uh, the globe. Actually, we were in like 57 different countries by the time we sold that company, but it was called Turbo Kick and uh, Pio Hip Hop Hustle. I developed different programs for health clubs, instructors to teach in health clubs. And I was kind of forced to go on video to do those workouts. Um, And I didn't want to because I feared if I was the person, I knew the workouts were like amazing, if I do say so myself, but I didn't want to be in the video because I thought, well, people will say, who does she think she is? She doesn't look like other fitness professionals. She's not lean enough. She's not tall enough. She's not blah, blah, blah enough. And so initially I hired other people to be in the videos because I didn't want to be critiqued. And one day, one of the cast members fell ill um, and I had no choice but to be in my own video. And um, I just realized like, okay, so what? I'm going to live through this if people don't like the way I look, if people have something negative to say, I don't have to look at it. And lo and behold, I realized, you know, there are people who are looking for someone just like you, who doesn't look just like everybody else. And that was kind of my first experience in saying, wow, gosh, if I just embrace the fact that I am me and that's okay, 
people will connect with that. And since that time, I've done, you know, a massive amount of of videos, some which were really, really, really bad in the beginning. But the more I just relaxed and became who I am every day when the camera's not rolling, the better I could connect with my audience, whether it was a fitness audience or a business audience. So fast forward to your first Facebook live experience. I mean, obviously you come to this, you come to this with some experience, obviously doing video, which gives you a bit of a leg up, obviously, and you've gotten comfortable behind the camera. But what was it like? When did you first experience Facebook live? Well, I would say that the advantage I had and many others had was that I was able to use uh, Periscope. Oh, so you really started with Periscope then? Sure did. Okay, and well, let's talk about that. What was your first experience yeah. going live on Periscope? <laughs> Do you really want to know? Yes. Really, the, my first experience was being hacked. That was the first time I went live on Periscope was also the day I was hacked. Um, no correlation, just a coincidence. Oh, but and if people not- want to hear that backstory, that's the one I had you on the show about, right? Isn't that? Yeah. 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 I'll make sure to, to cross-reference that in the show notes. The simple thing is someone took over uh, Shalene's Instagram accounts, right? I mean, and that's... Everything. They started with Twitter, which was attached to Periscope, and Twitter were attached. And I just don't want people to be alarmed that Periscope is a place you could get hacked. The, the, the fact of the matter is I had no precautions in place, so it just is ironic that that was the day I went live. I was on the map. Probably somebody saw it, and that's just the day I was hacked. Mm. So but, what did you do when you went live on Periscope? You just said, well, hey, I, I've been know, hacked? I, I obviously had to take a break from uh, social media to build up my security to get back online and, you know, as I say, get back in the saddle. I mean, I was pretty nervous about the whole thing. It was uh, not a minor situation. Um, I mean, the FBI were involved and, you know, thank you for allowing me to share that message on a previous podcast, but. And by the way, real quick, socialmediaexaminer.com slash 158 will let you hear that story, which I strongly recommend everyone listen to. Um, But keep going. So you went on there and you just said, hey, I've been hacked? No, no. Once I went back on social media in general, I knew I wanted to return to Periscope. And I knew that because I was watching other really fantastic people who are in our space um, going on Periscope and using it in a way that was really, really captivating to me. Like I was tuning into their broadcast and learning so much. And I'm like, this is like a live classroom. They're teaching right now. This isn't somebody driving in the backseat of a taxi cab narrating their day. I'm learning. Like this is a, a moment where I'm with a mentor. And I really watched and studied the way people were using it, what I what I didn't like, what I did love, what I thought was super helpful, and more importantly, how to like legitimately connect with people so you you know who I am. And that's going to turn some people off and some other people are going to go, yes, I've been looking for someone who speaks my language. And once I went on, I, I, I put a lot of those observations in place and spent time perfecting that and really studying it and then eventually testing it as kind of like my own infomercial. I mean, because of my background, having done a lot of fitness infomercials, I know that formula and I know how captivating it is and how incredibly valuable it is to have someone's undivided attention for like 30 minutes and and how to carry them along a storyline where you don't have to sell. But if you do a really good job of storytelling and explaining and detailing benefits, you know, even though there isn't a buy button on Periscope, 
people were, I mean, the conversion rate was ridiculous, redonkulous. <laughs> so just to give people some perspective, uh, Periscope launched in March of 2015, and um, you were hacked in the summer of 2015, right? Like June, June or July. Correct. And um, so you were definitely an early adopter to Periscope. And um, when did Facebook Live come on the scene for you? Were you one of the early folks that well, got access to it or no? Yeah, I, I'm a you know big fan of obviously Social Media Examiner as well as your friend Mari Smith. And I religiously go and follow all of Mari's updates. And so when she started talking about this was coming, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And when Facebook Live did launch, the first day I went live, I was I tested it knowing all the things I'd already kind of tested and worked out on Periscope. And it just was, I think my reach that first day was a half a million within like 20 minutes. And I was like, Oh my God, this is a game changer. This is like everything. This is a free infomercial. Now, like, let I'm me, let me ask you this for a second. Were you doing it from your personal profile at this point or were you doing it from your page? No. At that time, I don't think you could. At that time it was only, um, verified, Gotcha. Like pages, I gotcha. believe. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, anybody who had the blue check mark. Like if you were a verified um, personality of any kind, whether it was your personal or your page, I think you could do it back then. So you must have been doing it through the mentions app or something like that. Does that seem about right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a half a million people live. Yes. And like, what what was it like going through your head when you saw those numbers while you were live? Were you just, having just, a hard time I, I, composing I, I, yourself? <laughs> And it was just, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, I couldn't wait to get off to go back on to tell everyone to do it. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people that I get so excited to share all of my answers, um, that I just couldn't wait to, and I still feel like today I want to grab people. Sometimes I get, my husband says, you know, you, sometimes you come across a little too bossy <laughs> and I know I do, but I'm like, how do you not get this people? How you do you know what? Not? You're an event. You're a natural evangelist, right? When you find something you like, totally. you want the world to know about it. Yes. Yes, I do. I really do. And I'm, you know, I felt that way about Facebook live is you don't get it. People, you don't get it. Like infomercial companies have to spend millions of dollars to get this type of targeted audience and, and live and you it's, it's free. Like it just blows my mind that people still haven't like caught on to the idea of what, that this moment in time, I really believe this, this moment in time will not last forever. And we will look back at it and go, do you remember when you could have an uninterrupted hour of free broadcasting on Facebook? And we're going to, and people are going to like slap their knees and say, I remember when. So, um, just to give a little context for folks that don't know, Shalene obviously has a huge following on Facebook, which gave her the perfect opportunity, really, right, Shalene, to to tap into that audience because you had already oh, built, sure. you'd already yeah, built up, helped. you'd already built up that audience. And just to give you some perspective from a much smaller experience, from my perspective, I think we had three or four hundred thousand fans when it when it went live, and we had about eighteen thousand people, I think, watching us the first time we went live. And I, that's huge as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That's still huge. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not the same anymore because back then Facebook did everything in their power to make sure that those um, live broadcasts were not missed by your fans and followers. Mm -hmm. But oh, for sure. something you may not even know, Shalene, is that Facebook announced that they're actually going to be putting serious media money 
um, into billboard ads and television advertisements encouraging everyday folk to go live on Facebook. Mm, so they're good. actually, Facebook is definitely not, you know, if they're investing their money, millions of dollars of their money, encouraging everyday people to go and use Facebook Live, then I, I'm here to tell you I don't think it's too late to, to build no. something pretty amazing with Heck Facebook no. Live. No, it is, it is still the in its infancy stages. Uh, it is not too late, and it is really important that people j- just get good at it. Just get. And here's the thing that I want to stress to everyone who's a little nervous about going live is you don't have to get good at going live. You have to get good at something you're already really good at, and that's being you. So the part that you have to master is remembering you're already good at being you. Just continue that once you've hit go live. Well, and the old phrase, nothing ventured, nothing gained, is absolutely true here, right? If you don't try it, then you definitely will not ever have a success at it, right? 100%. And if you were not forced to get behind that camera, Shalene, <laughs> then things would be totally different, wouldn't they? Yeah, they probably. I mean, You would have eventually had that opportunity. Yeah, but... I, I, like, I like the feeling of um, doing things that are scary. I like that feeling because you survive it and it's fun to go, okay, I was so afraid to do that and I did it and I'm alive. And I think if people can just kind of embrace how good that adrenaline rush can feel and don't think of it as a negative, but as a positive, you can become addicted to trying new scary things and living through it. Candace Payne, also known as Chewbacca mom, sat in her car outside of a Coles and tried on a Chewbacca mask that (laughs) she was going to give to her kids. And you know the story, it went crazy viral. And she's famous and big time famous. So um, there's a lot of people that want to be famous. Is this something that, what do you want to say to people that seek this? Is this about being famous or is this about something else? What's your thoughts? I think it is TV. And by that, I mean, it is all of those things. If you want to be, so if you think of, just pretend we're talking about TV. Mm -hmm. If you want to spread your message, would TV allow you to do that? Yes. If you want to be famous, would TV allow you to do that? Yes. If you are, you know, a very strong, devout Christian and you want to spread your message, would TV allow you to do that? Yes. So, you know, this is just, it's the new TV. If, If you want your own reality TV show, you've got it for free. And it's on Facebook. If you want to, if you wish you had the, somebody who would sign you to do, to do an infomercial, what are you waiting for? Facebook's going to give you that airtime right now. It is whatever you want it to be. If you use it the right way. And if you've got what it takes to, to captivate people, to grab their attention and to hold it. You know, I'm thinking while you're talking about the, the early days of blogging and I've been a blogger, since 2005. So I'm definitely one of the old guys in the blogging space. And I remember in the early days, those that were um, taking their their creative craft, in this case, writing, and regularly writing blog posts were often the ones that the publishing companies came to and said, I would like you to, I would like to publish a book on this topic. Mm. In the same way, YouTube has allowed musicians, for example, to get music records, right? And allowed a lot of people to get famous because they now have a medium through which to um, record a video and upload it. I believe strongly that the future host of some big television show like The Tonight Show is going to be discovered because of live video. Oh, for sure. Because now there's this opportunity to get the word out there and you don't have to have connections or friends. It's just, you can do it. Anyone can do it, right? And without disclosing... um, 
too much confidential information. There, there are companies that are producing exclusive web content on social media platforms that offer live streaming. So that is where people are being discovered and we're going to see content that isn't available anywhere else except on um, a couple of different apps that are offering live streaming. And and they're all scrambling to put together programming that does just that because they know even when we're watching TV, we're doing so with our phones in our lap. So why not just put that that same content on that social media platform? And for all you podcasters out there, and Shalene is one of one of us, um, there's nothing, there's really not that big of a difference between what we're doing right now, Shalene, and what we could be potentially doing in front of a live audience. And right. I think that a lot of podcasters might feel like, well, I just have a voice. I don't feel comfortable with my face behind the camera. But I'm also seeing plenty of people that are doing great shows on live video that happen to have first been podcasts. What do you want to say to all the podcasters out there who already kind of have a voice that they've developed in the podcasting space? You think they should be trying this? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I go back to Rush Limbaugh, right? So Rush Limbaugh, whether you love him or hate him, you know, eventually his radio show, he has a certain number of people who subscribe to their his premium content, which is you're seeing him record a show live. Hmm. There's And there's countless examples for podcasters, the reason why I would tell you to do it is because you'll immediately see a boost in your subscriptions and your daily downloads. Every time I go live, every single time we see an increase in our downloads. And why do you think that but, is? Well, number one, I'll usually mention it. I have a strategy around going live so that it it has maximum impact. It's not just me going live. I don't want to just impact Facebook. I want to impact all of my platforms if possible with the ultimate goal of getting people to a place where I can help them outside of social media, meaning my, my email list or um, on my own website. So, you know, a lot of what I do, even if it's in a subtle way, I'm going to drive that to a podcast. But I, I think what, what everyone knows who listens to a podcast is it's one of the few things that we still do without doing other things. Right. So a lot of times I'll even watch a live video and I'm going in and out of the broadcast. I'm, I'm running around the house. I'm doing other things. I'm just not as intimately as engaged as I am when I have Michael Stelzner in my ear. Like that is something, and I don't know if this holds true for everyone, but I find that the person who listens to a podcast, that's it's a very personal, private, focused moment. And you really get a strong connection with the podcaster. You really, you listen to their voice and their inflection and their emotion and all of those things. And you start to really feel like you know, like, and trust them. And when you can put a face to it, it's just so much deeper. I agree. And here's what I will tell you, because, you know, I do a live show every week. Um, where we talk about the news that breaks. It's called the Morning Social Media Marketing Talk Show every Friday at 8, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. And it's a smaller audience than the podcast, but I always used to say that my podcast fans were my most loyal, fanatical fans, which is still true. But it the people that come to the live show every week are even like to the next level because they're interacting with each other while the show is going on. And so is this a live in studio show? And I have to apologize that this is the first I've 
No, heard of it. No, it's actually broadcast. It's simulcast on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it's also, uh, we use huzza.io, socialmediaexaminer.com slash live. But we usually get about 150 people live on this one platform. And then we get thousands watching on Facebook. And we just break down the news every single week that's happened mm-hmm. in the last week. And we show off all the new stuff that's happening. It's a very small, intimate crowd compared to the podcast, which is you know, hundreds of thousands, but it is, um, these are the people that actually become customers, it seems even right. more so. So there is something to that. And I'm not here yeah. to pitch that. I'm just here to say that <laughs> the the value of podcasting is almost taken to a new level when you provide a really engaging live show because it's, it's yeah. an experience almost, right? Right. And there's that chance right. that you might be called on or that your question might be asked live, which is kind of a neat experience, right? Yes. So let's get into what you do, by the way, because we could keep going down this rabbit trail, but I want to <laughs> dig into what you do when, okay. when, uh, when you prepare to go live. So let's step back for a second and talk mm-hmm. about like, talk about how often do you go live and typically what are your shows about? And then let's get into how do you prepare for them? Yeah. So we, we do have a, I like to call it a, a, an organic plan in place, which allows for us to make changes if we need to, um, pretty flexible operation at Team Johnson. But typically, we plan our calendar around our promotions. So we have three big promotions a year. The first one is the Virtual Business Academy, and that's a a program that teaches people kind of everything you need to know for outsourcing, cybersecurity, like all the things, all of the nuts and bolts of operating a business online. It has nothing to do with how to grow a business. It's kind of how to operate one. Uh, then the other one that we offer that we promote is the Marketing Impact Academy, and that's all, you know, marketing and growing a business. And then the third one is um, my mission, and that is Smart Success, and that's an academy kind of geared towards simplifying every area of your life, teaching systems. So you launch three times a year, and Correct. in lead up for the launch. Um, yes. do you do live video? Is that, is that where you're going with this? Yeah. So all of our content, like, so, you know, typically I think probably most businesses work on quarters. Um, we leave a fourth quarter t- for whatever pops up. That's like, it's on my heart. We have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but those other three quarters, we know most of the content should in some way, shape or form, I shouldn't say most 80% of the content in some way, shape or form should relate somehow to our next promotion Mm -hmm. so that there's a general theme, a general feel so that the content that I'm going live with is starting to attract the kind of people who are interested in X, Y, Z, you know, so for example, the marketing impact Academy, when my content is very heavily focused on building a business, the fans that I have that are really just interested in losing, you know, inner thigh fat, that's not of interest to them, and and that's okay. And I want them to kind of know that we're in the season of um, you know helping people figure out how to have extra income. And so then what we'll do is, you know, I'd love to tell you that I have like everything planned out months in advance. What I'm going to go live with on this day, this day, that day. We don't. We generally try to stick with topics that fit within that scheme. But I also believe it's really important for me to be talking about whatever I'm like super geeked and hyped about that day. So how often are you going, let's just pick this marketing product. Um, How many times, give me a range, twice in like a 60-day promotion or every week? Oh, no, I'll I'll go live every other day. Oh, wow, okay. Or maybe even, maybe twice a week, I'd say. Okay, so pretty frequently. And how long are you live for? 
Well, the longer I'm live, the better the video does um, in terms of reach and in terms of live viewers. So whereas, you know, in some, it's funny when I, when I do my academies, I've found that my students want the videos to be shorter and shorter and shorter and more concise and just the facts, Mm ma'am. But when I'm on live video, I I think if it's, it's a, must be a little bit more like an open house where people are coming in and out, in and out, there's more opportunity to share it. So to answer your question, I try to, I plan to go usually for 15 minutes and I'm usually like, wait a second, have I been on for an hour? Like that happens all the time. Wow. So you're, you're typically on for a good hour. Even yeah, though, you, even though you might not have planned for it right now, um, talk to me about like the day or the hours before you go live. What's your preparation? Mm-hmm. So I do all my preparation for my day. First thing when I wake up, you know, my morning routine is very structured. I wake up, uh, you know, around five forty-five a.m. and I spend the first hour of my day in learning mode. So I pick a particular topic only that I search for. And I call this a distraction diet. So even though I'm a big fan of your podcast or, or Amy Porterfield's podcast, I will only listen to content that relates to the subject I'm trying to master. Give and us an that, example, maybe like of something recently you've done. Sure. So um, recently I've been studying kind of the neuroscience behind behavior and discipline and habits. So even though I might really be dying to listen to the latest podcast from Pat Flynn, if it's not on one of those subjects, I can't listen. So I will try to stay within my learning season so that I don't get distracted because I'm easily distracted. So do you take what you've learned and literally go live the same day with it? Typically, I'll find a way for me to whatever it is I'm studying to turn that in. Like, say, for example, I'm studying neuroscience, which is an accurate um, assessment of what I'm doing right now and behavior and habits, I will then go live and I'll do a live broadcast about developing good habits. And that really kind of ties into smart success because smart success is about. So when you go live, you're actually, it's almost like, you know what this reminds me of, Shalene, back when I was in college, I would have study groups and I would lead them just so I could ace the exam. (laughs) It's almost like you're going live and having a study group with what you just learned, aren't you? Totally. hundred percent. And because I'm hot on it, I'm really excited about it. I already have notes written down from the studying I've done that morning, which isn't always podcasts. I'll do a lot of online learning, studying periodicals. I have virtual assistants who will um, scour for uh, articles and studies and research, and then they'll combine that and condense it for me, and I'll review that same thing the next morning. And so I'll kind of whatever I'm like, aha! I just figured out something. It's blowing my mind. I'll go live and talk about it. So, what kind of notes do you have to prepare yourself, or do you literally just wing it when you go live? No, I don't wing it. I I have a big stack of five by seven note cards. And I write down five bullet points that it is my goal to get those in. If I can only get in three, great. I try to, and I write down those bullet points, any research or stats that I might need to um, substantiate them just below it. I'll write down the title, my intended or proposed title, and that's it. Then I have the note card in front of me when I go live. Um, Kind of like David Letterman used to have note cards, right? (laughs) Do you throw (laughs) it behind you when you're done? (laughs) Yes, I should. Uh, No, I save them because I, I, you know, it's like research and it also helps me to remember what I've broadcast about recently. But I will, um, those note cards, I want people to know, like 
that's totally cool. You know, people get freaked out about using notes. I don't think it makes sense to read from them, but to say, okay, I know I had one more point. I wanted to make sure, oh yeah, here it is. I want to make sure I don't forget to tell you this. Do, and, uh, and by the way, are you holding me. your mobile phone the whole time or how are you going live? Um, I will use a, I'm all about the glamour. I will use a ring light and a um, special attachment that goes on the inside of the ring light where I can broadcast from my phone with a uh, tripod that attaches inside of the ring light. Is there a certain brand or anything that you recommend? Because I've heard people talk about these ring lights. I'm assuming it's kind of like the equivalent of like a LED, a, a bunch of LEDs in a circle kind of a thing. Is that kind of what yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah. That's I, I, it's, it's also like Botox and a facelift in a light. It gives <laughs> Does me, it work like, on guys too? Yeah, I'm considering hiring someone to just walk five feet in front of me all at all times because it really is a beautiful thing. But so you're I, on the um, tripod though, right? Is that is that right or no? Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And are you standing or sitting? I usually sit. Yep, I'm sitting. And are you just reading your note cards and looking at your phone, or are you actually also trying to interact with the audience? I look at the camera lens. So um, here's my recommendation for people. Start your broadcast. Write this down, people, because this is important. Start your broadcast off in the first 10 seconds. You need to tell people what it is you're going to be talking about and why they need to stay tuned. Then an introduction of yourself. Because that's the piece that people will see after you're no longer live. That's a piece people will see 30 days from now. And if they don't know you and it's been shared to somebody's page and you're spending a lot of time adjusting your light and welcoming people in, I ain't got time. I don't know you. You haven't, you haven't given me any reason why I need to stick around and figure out if this is what worthy of me watching. So that's the very first thing I do is I start my broadcast off immediately by telling you what I'm going to tell you. Then a little bit about, very brief about who I am. And then I will say hello to a few people, just a few, so that they know that it's live, and then right into the content. Usually the first two points I have memorized. Do you have a little glass of water next to you so you don't lose your voice? Do I? Yeah. Yeah. I've also done a lot of uh, vocal training to avoid losing my voice, learning to speak, learning to breathe through my nose, Mm. um, you know, to keep my vocal cords lubricated. But yeah, that that doesn't seem to be an issue, but I will... um, so I will, I'll, I'll go through those first two points without much interaction. And then I'll take a break and kind of get to some of their questions. And then I'll finish up the last three points and then finish the whole broadcast up by getting to more questions. And I've experimented with a lot of different formats where I would do a point, then questions, point, then questions. And then I also experimented with getting all of my content in and then taking questions at the end. And I have found that the best way to keep people engaged is, um, you know, segments and then questions, segments and then questions. So talk to me about after the video is done, because there's a lot of cool stuff that you do. And we should dig in here a little bit, because I think so many of us that do live video, frankly, when it's done, we just move on to the next thing. It's like we've just walked off the stage and move on to the next thing. But there's so much more to it. So illuminate our our eyes a little bit here. What 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 do you do here? And Michael, if you don't mind, I kind of want to mention something that I think people struggle with and that before we get to what I do after, and that is, um, you know, when you first go live, what if there's nobody there asking you questions? What if there's no one giving you feedback? That happens a lot. And I'll hear people struggle with that. Like, but I didn't have anyone asking me questions and I, I didn't, it felt so weird talking to myself 
And so here's what I have to say to that. Get over it. They're there. If they're not there right now, they're going to be watching it. When we used to make videos, we just made videos, right? You just looked into the camera lens and you delivered your content. So, you know, don't worry about it. But it is really important that you have some thought process about, okay, well, what kind of questions or objections or what kind of things would people normally be asking about these three points? So have a so, couple backup questions is what I'm yes, saying. And you just say, you know, you don't just say, okay, there's no one here answering questions. Like, don't say that. Like, don't draw attention to it, but say, okay, so one of the most common questions that I get is, and then answer the question. Perfect. You know, really try to go live as if there were thousands of people watching. And, you know, this is a very important point because no matter how big your follower count is or whatever, chances are pretty good that you could have a big boost after the whole thing goes live. And back to that Candace Payne, Chewbacca mom video, I doubt there was hardly anybody watching that video, but after that thing was over with, it went crazy viral. Yes. And, and, and and that's the benefit of Facebook is that if it gets shared by the right people, it could be seen by a huge amount of an audience after the fact. hundred percent. Yeah. And you really have to take advantage of that after I've gone live Typically, unless we're, you know, in the three-day period where we're doing a launch or, you know, open up registration for one of our courses, other than that, what we do to promote a live video is very minimal. Um, I can share with you a couple of kind of fun hacks that we've played around with. Yeah, talk to me. Enjoy. So, uh, for example, there's been times where I didn't go live at an ideal time. Like there's just something on my brain and I just have to talk about it and it's nine o'clock Pacific time. And I know that's just a terrible time for me to go live. There aren't very many people on it, but oh, it was such a good live broadcast. Well, the next morning on my same like page during the peak hours, I will say, you know, something to the effect like I can't believe you might have missed this, but just in case here it is and I'll reshare my live broadcast and then we'll see the number skyrocket. So you, you know. You could that, also download a, that and re-upload that as a video too, which a yeah, lot of people don't realize. Yeah, you definitely can. And we've, we've done that a lot. In fact, we'll, um, we repurpose a lot of the content. But there's different ways to promote it even on your own page, not just on other forms. I love that idea. Media. You're just resharing something that happened um, yeah. during a primetime hour, really, right? Exactly, yes. So um, to, go ahead. The only other things that we'll do to promote it is just very subtle. I'm If it was content that I think is really going to serve my audience and I want them to weigh in on it, I might go on Snapchat and say, okay, I went live last night. Here's the link. Um, take a screenshot of this because I, I want to see your comments after you've watched it. I'll go to the most recent comments and I'll see yours. So I won't just tell them to watch it. I'll tell them that I'm looking for their interaction and and specifically how I'm going to find it. And um, that's been very helpful. I, we don't do it a lot, but when it when it seems authentic, and um, valuable, not just to me, but to my audience, then we'll promote a video after I've gone live. A couple things that we do at Social Media Examiner is we go in and we choose a thumbnail. And you have 10 that are randomly chosen from you by the video, but you can also upload um, a thumbnail. So mm-hmm. you can create your own little thumbnail and upload it. Um, you can also mm-hmm. edit the copy. So um, it can be slightly different. You know, mm-hmm. you might say join us live and then you could edit it to, to say watch the recording live, you know, so that it still kind of is altered and these little 
tricks and tips are mm -hmm. very, very easy to do. You can tag it with keywords and stuff. But what I think is really amazing about what you do is, is what you do with the video, with the content of your live session. I mean, you do some crazy stuff. <laughs> um, start wherever you want to start because, um, sure. you know, tell, tell people you, what, uh, yeah, go ahead. For, for, um, personal reasons. Can I ask you a quick question about the thumbnail? Yes. We have experimented with creating like a really beautiful thumbnail that's produced and, uh, you know, has the title of the broadcast with font across the top of the thumbnail, like using a program like Canva mm -hmm. or PicMonkey. And that does not do as well for us as simply taking a screenshot from within the live video, usually of me making a weird face and then placing a live button like a bigger live button. Like that like the word like the word live with red around it or something? Uh you know, like a play button, like a red arrow. So here's here's my thoughts on this. Some people yeah. don't realize that you're not live and when the playback happens, the comments actually show up in mm -hmm. order as the playback happens. So mm -hmm. if you don't put that kind of a fancy thumbnail on there, somebody might actually think it's live now, even though it's not live now. Especially because when they start playing it, those comments play in line. And mm -hmm. they don't realize sometimes it's not live. So you do a lot more live video than we do. We've done, I don't know, 50 or 60, but I think you've done a lot more. So we just kind of have it as part of our process to just have this standard thumbnail that we that we customize every week that kind of says something specifically about who the special Got guests it. are going to be on the show. Gotcha. I don't know which is better, but I think, it's, I think it's highly dependent on who the audience is. In your yeah. case, Shalene, they want to see your face. So I'm sure it makes a lot of sense that you would do what you did. Yeah, I, I just noticed in general on Facebook, the stuff that looks less produced, the stuff that looks like it's just real and raw and now and, you know, not... Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that that's correct, and I would suggest people experiment with it. You know, uh, yeah. the good news about video is they provide a lot of metrics. So let's, what I do, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go let's, ahead. let's get into what you do because you do some crazy stuff. To once once you're done with your actual um, live video, what do you do yeah. with it? Let's let's go there. Well, it it's when I say what I do with it, I really have to give credit to my team, um, and I've listened to a lot of episodes of experts that you've interviewed. And I, I will hear that word used a lot. You know, my team does this and then the team does. And I remember being at a, in a position when I was first building my own online business and hearing people talk about their team and thinking to myself, I can't wait until I'm making enough money to have this team that everybody talks about. I want a team. And I, I just want to say before I go into this, cause people are going to go, they're going to hear what I'm about to explain and, and they'll think to themselves, well, that would be nice if I had a team. And this is, I'm so passionate about this. I couldn't afford to do the things I could do in my business until I made an investment in a team. The reason why it looks like I'm everywhere, the reason why, you know, I, our success hasn't taken over our lives is because you have to make that investment in people. And it is a, a leap of faith and it's placing belief in others. But when you do that, that's the difference. It's not that all oh, those people have a team. It's yeah. And they started building a team when they couldn't afford to either. And that's how you afford a team is by building a team. It's an investment. 
Yeah, it really is. So what does your team do for you once you're done with the live Okay, video? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to describe the process, and someone can do this themselves 100% if you'd like. I'm just telling you it's a lot easier if you've got some, some people to help you. Um, even just one part-time person, this stuff, because what I'm about to describe is very administrative. You know, the, the hard part is you going live. Like no one else can do that. You can't outsource that. That's you. I go live, and then that video from my phone automatically saves to two places, obviously, um, my phone and iTunes or iCloud, my iCloud account. And then I upload it to Dropbox from Dropbox. I hope you guys are writing this down. I'm about to give you everything. I'm writing. Okay. So from Dropbox, there's a folder that initially goes into that folder. Um, my virtual assistant goes in there. He takes the video, he strips the audio he puts a bumper at the beginning and a bumper at the end, takes out all the parts where I'm, you know, saying things that don't relate to the content or interacting, and he turns it into a podcast. Whoa. Okay. Did you just hear that? Shalene's podcast actually is sourced from Shalene first going live on Facebook. Like a lot yeah. of podcasters are rejoicing right now. They're like, wait a minute, I can do that? Yeah. And I, you know, I, I was really You must have a good lapel mic, I would imagine, right? You, you got... Sometimes it's, no, sometimes it's crappy audio. Like I, you know, it depends. Like I've recorded live without a mic before and just mm. still turned it into a podcast. And I just um, worried a lot about the quality at first and you know, I'm sure it, it's it's a trade-off, right? Like I, it's real and it's authentic, and I explain that. But you, and you can't of the recreate time. you can't recreate that that energy that you got in front of that live audience in the same way when you're just talking into a microphone, right? No, and it has been such a godsend for me because when I would just record in my studio, you know how we are. You, at least when it was a solo show, if it's just me, I'm you know, deleting, re-recording, deleting, re-recording. Oh, I don't like the way that sounded. You know, just playing with it too much. Even before I sent it off to my editor, I would still redo things. And when it's live, you got one shot. What's great about this too is you know going into this live video that this is going to ultimately be repurposed into a podcast as well. Correct. So, so that's cool because you know that some people will only be listening to this and not be watching this. That's correct. And that is good context. And it's really helped the podcast because I will say when people all the time on Facebook, people will jump in and say, I just got here. What were the first three points? And that gives me a great lead in to say, don't worry if you just got here tomorrow, this will be up on my podcast in a condensed, shortened version so that you can listen to the cliff notes. And your person takes that out of the audio. Yes, yes they do. That's awesome. So, yeah. so far you've got a video that you've downloaded mm -hmm. and put in the mm -hmm. Dropbox and then it's yeah. been your, your assistant has edited it, stripped out the audio and got your podcast Correct. file ready. So that's right. So you've created a podcast episode out of this. Mm -hmm. What else do you do with it? Then his next step is to send that to another virtual assistant, the audio, who uh, then turns that into a transcription. Once the audio has been transcribed, then we take that transcription and turn it into an SRT file that's uploaded back to the original Facebook live video. And that's just a file that when you upload it to Facebook, it generates captions. It's subtitling everything that you're saying. And as we know, everyone's watching Facebook on mute. So that's the other reason why it's really, 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 I'm going to pound my fist two more times, really important that the first 30 seconds of your video, when someone's looking at the words, you're telling them why to watch it, why they should turn the volume up. 
Okay, so hold on a second. Because your guy has edited out some stuff, is he sending the original full video audio file over for the transcript or Correct. He yeah, is. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. Yeah. And 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 is it really e and then is it really easy to just go in and add a SRT file? I have no clue how to do that. And it's, yeah, it's it's a really simple upload. Um, and you, for your listeners, you can just Google search, um, upload SRT file, Facebook instructions, and it'll be laid so out. So it looks there like you. closed captioning pretty much, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's time to, it's time really to the helpful. video. That's awesome. Perfectly timed to the video, but it's also, you know, really important. That's why you shouldn't start your videos off by going, oh, oh boy. Oh, hi. Are, oh, it looks like, are, are we live? Um, this oh, is critical. Okay, this is critical because so many people, like you said, have the you know the audio autoplays inside of their mobile device, right? Mm -hmm. And um, if they see the words, they might actually watch the video a little bit longer, and then they yeah. might choose to unmute, and that's a lot more. They're more likely, I would imagine, to unmute when they know what the heck you're talking about because they're reading the words, and that's that's the step I don't think anybody takes. Kudos for you to do that. <laughs> What else do you do with that transcript? I would imagine there's more to it than that, right? Yes. So uh, the whole purpose here is to take one really exciting piece of content that I've created and not have to, you know, then sit down and write a blog and then sit down and write tweets. I, this one piece of content has all of that. So my next step is for the transcription to be sent off to our writer. And, you know, we have a person on staff who then takes whatever I said and tries to create as many blog posts as possible, which sometimes is one, which sometimes is three, but they're using my words, my language, and just cleaning it up because we don't always speak in complete sentences when we're live. But it's, it's still my content. It's my words. It's the way I speak. It's the way I taught it. It's the same. By the way, an hour of talking can be thousands of words just so people have oh, that perspective. Know. You know, so you can crazy. definitely get a lot of blog posts out of that. That's awesome. So you literally are having someone create a blog post in your voice using your words. Is mm -hmm. that what I hear you saying? Correct. Yeah. Awesome. And then that, that blog post will then um, be posted with a link to the podcast so that if somebody wants to listen to it on podcast, they can listen to it there. In addition to that, then we'll take the video from the original live Facebook and any parts where there's bloopers or funny pieces, we look for 10 and 15 second clips because those do outrageously well for us on Facebook. So we'll take a 10 or 15 second clip where I've said something ridiculous or funny or had a blooper and we'll just upload that 15. We have a huge folder on Dropbox. It's just filled. It's called funny clips. And those are just scheduled. We don't even look at them. It's just like, we just schedule a couple funny clips. Do you put them on Twitter like, too? Yeah. Not as much on Twitter. They do a lot better for us on, um, Facebook hmm. and, uh, those, those will get insane reach just like a 15, 20 second funny clip. Um, and then in addition to that, we'll take that video and we will create the same virtual assistant. We'll take the content that I've done in the podcast slash Facebook Live, turn it into an infographic, and do multiple Pinterest posts with regard to the same content, pinning that back to my blog. You're blowing my mind right now. This is so cool. <laughs> and then they'll also take the transcript and turn it into usually hundreds of tweets. Not which will, and those, it's really important that we don't, you know, send all those out 
in a period of a couple of days, but we'll schedule those out over the course of the year. Are they so like quotable just, kind of little quotes from Shalene? Is that the idea? Yeah, they're just, you know, little random statements, comments, um, facts, blog posts, um, you know, things that I've talked about in that particular episode. If I've got five points, it's the five points and then some. And someone's job on our staff is to just take that single transcript and get as many tweets out of it as possible. I mean, if you think about it, if you if you just make one simple statement like um, Facebook Live can drive traffic to your website better than paid advertising on local TV. There's 30 different ways to say that one sentence. So they can take one sentence and even turn that into multiple tweets that can be you know, scheduled out over the course of the next six months. So let me get this straight. You wake up early in the morning, you have about an hour, maybe 90 minutes where you're in your research mode, and then you mm -hmm. go live later in the day for what mm -hmm. intended to be 15 minutes, but is more likely <laughs> an hour. Yeah. And then you're done and your team takes this and creates a pod, co podcast episode out of it, a blog post out of it, tons of tweets, adds mm -hmm. the transcript to the recording and mm -hmm. creates infographics and everything completely based on that few hours of um, you, you, I mean, that probably less than two hours of you prepping and going live. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and how does that, how does that make you feel to have all that amazing content come out of that one, one hour live video? Like I can live my life, you know, in the past, I just wouldn't have, I would have tried to do all that myself, you know? And that's why I tell people, um, one really everything that I just said, all of those tasks, one virtual assistant can do with the exception of, and I, I think you'll probably agree with me, Michael, the writing, like that's a really pretty special skill. Yeah, that's someone true. who, and I think I think writers are incredible. I think all of my staff is really valuable. But you know, that's a piece that it's my words. Yet we've got to chop it up into maybe three or four pieces, and it's just really important. I think that it's someone who really understands your voice and how to write well. But other than that, everything else is pretty much administrative. Wow. Well. Folks, I know this has been a long episode, but hopefully not short on value. Um, Shalene, why don't you tell people where they can find out more about what you got going on, uh, yeah. where they can find you on Facebook Live and all the other things that you've got going on. Sure. You can check me out live on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash Shalene, just my first name. Uh, website is shalenejohnson.com. Shalene Johnson, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your awesome energy and wisdom and excitement. And thank well, you, Shalene. It it's been an honor. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Isn't Shalene cool? It's pretty awesome to talk to Shalene. If there was anything that we mentioned in today's podcast and you just didn't catch it, well, you can get all the notes by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash 223. Also, if you are new to this show, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast player you're listening to. We've got an incredible lineup coming for you. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.